This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Good morning. I'm Jim Lang, and welcome to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Happy Canada Day weekend. Well, being Canada Day weekend... What better than to have a show with all Canadian content, beginning with Woodbine CEO Jim Lawson, who recently did an extensive interview for the current issue of Ponies 24-7. And if you read the article, you'll know that currently there is quite a bit going on at 555 Rexdale Boulevard. And shortly we will hear from Jim and talk about some of the recent news, including an update on what's happening at both Woodbine and Woodbine Mohawk Park meets, and of course, a constant topic, the status of sports betting in the province, and we will see Woodbine playing a more major role in sports betting in the future, fingers crossed. In addition, recently, Jason Portwondo announced that he was leaving his position as part of the Woodbine broadcast team to take a position as a racing steward, and Porty will join us today on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, and we'll learn more about Jason and what prompted this change of direction in his racing career. Also today, friend of the show, Hanover Raceways General Manager Steve Fitzsimmons joins us. And you could say that there was a lot happening at the Hanover track, including Bob McClure Day on July 9th, a leg of the Ontario Women's Driving Championship July 16th, and on July 23rd, Hanover fans will have an opportunity to have a meet and greet with driver Trevor Henry and last year's North America Cup winner, Desperate Man, as part of the Trevor Henry Day. And of course, there's a plethora of Ontario Sire Stakes events to discuss when Steve, when he joins us today. And finally, while he's back, co-host Larry Simpson will once again try to sniff out some potential betting gems at Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park and some other North American tracks that are racing today with our Ponies Picks today, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. It's going to be a great show, so you better get your HPI and Dark Horse accounts ready to go for some heavy-duty action today. When we come back, my co-host Larry Simpson will join us as we catch up on some recent horse racing news. This is Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. More from the track when we come back on 105.9 The Region. Go from Dark Horse to Winner. Dark Horse is Woodbine's new easy-to-use betting app that brings the thrill of the track right to you. Its AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate. Feel the excitement of live-streamed horse races wherever you go. Get $30 to start betting when you sign up today using promo code GET30. Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com. Available on Android and Apple devices. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA provides members and their hardworking employees with medical insurance, pensions, benevolence, negotiations with racetracks, and government and provides vital industry information to the horse people. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. 
Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. I'm Jim Lang, and let me introduce to you my co-host, the expert, the Con Smythe winner, as it were, of all things ponies, Larry Simpson. Larry, how are you? I'm doing okay. How about you, Jim? Not as good as Kale McCarr and the Avalanche, but I can't complain, and lots going on <laughs> in the horse racing world, isn't there, my friend? Uh, yeah, there is, especially in uh, the state of Kentucky, where uh, Churchill Downs, they're in the final weekend of their racing for their spring meet, and it's obviously 4th of uh, July down in the U.S., and after they resurfaced their turf course uh, uh, late last year, they were uh, forced to basically uh, pause the turf racing on June the 11th with the hope that they could come back and race with these turf classic races this weekend. And uh, unfortunately, they need additional time now for the course to become more robust and the routes to take hold. So the $350,000 wide band stakes, which is a big graded stakes and was probably the signature event for the weekend, the grade two, it's being put on hold now for this year. And they hope to run it again next year on the turf. So uh, that's pretty big news, uh, you know, because I know they were expecting some big handles at uh, Churchill this weekend. And uh, especially with the, you know, that's their closing weekend and it's the 4th of July, right? So. Okay, we'll talk more about this. Jim Lawson's about to join us, the CEO of Woodbine. And that's something sometimes horse racing fans, sports fans, just people in the GTA forget is how blessed we are to have the quality of turf that we do at Woodbine. Well, yeah, it's, that's uh, world-renowned now that, you've, uh, that we've got two uh, turf courses here at, uh, at Woodbine. And, and uh, you know, the jockeys love it, the trainers love it, the horsemen love it, and I think the fans love it, too, because... Uh, I know, uh, you know, turf racing, there's a lot more money bet on turf races, it, it seems, than that on uh, other races. And I think a lot of it is because there's larger fields, too. So, so uh, but that's, I think, a, you know, tradition right across North America and even the world that people love turf racing, right? So, because it's very competitive. And there's also, there's a historical aspect to it because they just had the Royal Ascot recently, Larry, and... And it's just that history, horse racing on the turf, going back to old England, it just feels there's something cool about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I know. It's it's, it's tradition, right? And uh, and let's face it, back, you mentioned about England and, and tracks overseas. A lot of them don't have dirt race, uh, race courses, right? They have the turf courses. And, you know, in a lot of cases, they'll run both the flats, which is the, the thoroughbred racing, and the hurdles. Uh, on turf so grass racing has been around as long as uh, horse racing has been oh it's all about racing at woodbine this summer canada day is here the weekend's here july and august and the racetrack doesn't seem to be having any issues at all with their turf courses woodbine is just rocking two courses the ep taylor and the inner turf course that currently are flourishing woodbine ceo jim lawson recently interviewed in the most recent ponies 24 7 magazine to talk about turf racing and other racing business we're thrilled to have him join us again today on the kickoff to July. Jim, as always, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure. Hey, and I'm thrilled to be on again. Thanks, guys. Nice to talk to you. Yeah, it, it's just there's so much buzz and excitement about Woodbine with the weather, um, everything building up to the Queen's Plate, the turf course, and the handle just is so solid every week. Um, I mean, you're, you and your team, you do deserve a bit of a bow after the last couple of years, Jim. 
Yeah, it's it's. Uh, <laughs> I think the word is resilient. Uh, both our horse community uh, and the woodbine team. I mean, uh, you know, we we had lots of opportunity to talk about how difficult it was through the pandemic, and uh, in some ways, uh, we're not through the pandemic, but life seems to be back to normal at Woodbine, which is great. We're, as you mentioned, Jim, the the, the turf courses have been open now, and we're getting big fields and. Uh, I've never felt the excitement about the Queen's Plate in years that uh, that we're feeling this year. Just the demands for tickets and the inquiries are, are unlike anything I've ever seen before. So that's a really good sign. And on the uh, Standard Red side, you must have been thrilled with the $6 million bet on North America Cup night. Eh? Yeah, that was a, a, a record night, uh, an opportunity to see a spectacular horse in, in Pebble Beach and, and uh, just bodes well for the start of our, our stakes uh, season, Larry. Just, uh, it, it, just a great launch, and I'm glad we, uh, I'm glad we went back to June and uh, lots of excitement ahead, as you know, in the, uh, in the program at Mohawk over the summer and fall. Now, for all the good news, there are a few things that you are concerned about. In the recent Ponies 24-7 magazine, you did speak about horse racing having a bit of a horse shortage problem. For listeners that don't quite understand why this is, why is there a shortage of racehorses, Jim? Well, I think it's, a, it's first of all, it's, it's not unique to Woodbine. It's a, it's a North American problem. A, a lot has to do, uh, I think, with... Uh, just demographics in the sport. It's it's. Uh, there's no secret that it's an aging demographic, and, and the sport has to do uh, a better job of of bringing more young investors into the sport. At the very high end of the sport, this is interesting, Jim. I think the very high end of the sport, there are lots of very wealthy people that are buying horses at big prices in the United States, but that does not lend itself to that low and middle market that we just don't see the buyers at the sales and the and the breeders you know, the cycle, they react accordingly. They're not going to uh, breed as many horses if they can't sell them. And it's it's um, it's right now, I think, a case of, of, of demographics. We felt it a little more in Ontario probably uh, because we're a unique, uh, our sole market up here and in, in the cancellation of the, the slots program in 2013. I think the impact of that is you know, we knew it would uh, it would be difficult, and it's proving to be difficult. And and this is you know a problem that I talk about regularly on the thoroughbred side, and it's show it's shown up in the entries. But it's also a problem on the standard bred side. Uh, you know, we run year round at Mohawk, and I think uh, we're going to have trouble next January and February uh, filling fields at, at Mohawk. And we had to work hard to do it this year, and I'm not anticipating it getting any better. And I, I think the Ontario government, Jim has to take a very hard look at the number of race days and the number of racetracks in this province. I've been saying this for a while, uh, falling on deaf ears, but uh, it's really hurting Woodbine, uh, who is the economic driver for the whole horse racing industry. And I, I don't think anyone who's close to it will, will dispute the fact that we've just got too many racetracks and too many race days for the number of horses in this province. And it doesn't look like it's going to get any better. Hmm. Okay, let's uh, talk about the Queen's Plate now. Something positive <laughs> for racing. Uh, what does it feel like to have full capacity this year, Jim? Oh, exciting. I mean, I, listen, I, 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 uh, 
I, I'm optimistic. I'm passionate about this industry. Uh, it's resilient, as I said, and we're gonna we're gonna keep going. And uh, Woodbine is uniquely placed as a great brand, not only in North America but around the world. And, and our wagering numbers are showing that. So I'm I'm excited. I'm excited about the Queen's Plate. Uh, as I said earlier, we're getting huge demand and inquiries about tickets and, and, and the and the festival that we're going to have this year. And it, it means a lot to showcase our sport and uh, we're going to be able to, it'll be, it'll be on TSN. We're going to have uh, a, a musician, a musical act that will, will come on again. And the, and the food and beverage uh, is, is second to none in, in terms of that type of festival. So it's a fun day and, and I, I just can't wait. And I think it's too early to tell Larry, but I think we're going to have a, big competitive field too. So mm-hmm. uh, it's exciting. You know, betting is 24-7. It seems like every time you put on sports television, but Woodbine was in sports betting long before it became the hot topic on sports TV. You just alluded to slots earlier. If there's so much betting going on in the province, why couldn't they ever return to slots at Woodbine? Well, listen, it, it, it's a very difficult issue. We've, we've got, uh, it, it really came down. I mean, the, the casino is expanding at Woodbine gym. There's, there's, there's slots in a full casino there. It's, it's, uh, the, the government changed the commercial deal that, uh, the horse racing industry had. And it was, a, it was a major step back. And I think the, the liberal government, uh, did it without understanding the impact of what they were doing. And it was, it was done for political reasons. It was unfortunate. We're now, at a stage where, you know, we were thankful to have the support of our relationship and landlord and tenant relationship with the casino at Woodbine and Mohawk. But there's no question in my mind that the sports betting has cut into the wagering dollar in this province. And when I say the wagering dollar, it's cut into our dollar. It's expanded the amount of wagering in the province uh, naturally, but it's, it's cannibalized our particular product. And, uh, We've been working with the federal government, the Canadian Power Mutual Association, in terms of integrating our uh, content with uh, with sports betting. I think we're pretty much there with them, and now it's over to the province to do the right thing and make sure that that horse racing, which, as you say, has long been the only legal sports betting uh, entity at Woodbine in the province online, that we can integrate our content. And we, we will be able to. It's a matter of time. I'm frustrated because it's taken too long. Our people have done a great job uh, with, the, with the prototype and modeling uh, in our content, the Power Mutual product, into the sports betting product. It's consistent with the criminal code, so we should be fine there. And, and I'm excited, really, to get horse racing uh, into all these large, large sports betting operator platforms that you hear about. It'll, it'll be a boon for the horse racing industry. I've said that many times, and I believe it. And it, it's, it's frankly taking longer than I thought, but we should get there in the next couple of months. Larry? Maybe uh, for, yeah, maybe for our, uh, our listeners, uh, Jim, that are maybe new to the show, or that you could kind of explain to them what role Woodbine will play in the sports betting, like, uh, you know, how people can basically involve horse racing uh, with their sports betting and that. Sure. Uh, the, the, I think the starting premise is the sports betting operators are not supposed to uh, be offering uh, horse racing because what the federal government did with our assistance when they drafted the legislation is to ensure that those sports betting operators couldn't come into the country and almost all of them are foreign, as you know, couldn't come into this country and, and uh, offer our product without uh, without having us participate. So 
we're at the stage now where we have been working with those sports betting operators and we will put our par and mutual product onto their platform. So when you go and, and, uh, and bet on uh, bet 365 or the score or FanDuel or, you know, any number of them, you will be able to uh, seamlessly also bet on, on our product at Woodbine. It'll still be par mutual. It'll still be on our tote system. But to the customer, it will be seamless, and it will be a great thing, as you can imagine, for us to have all that that broad exposure through these big, big companies to get the Woodbine product onto these platforms will will be big. And you can imagine what it will do for the Queen's Plate if they start advertising on all these big platforms. Jim, you mentioned it's on every radio show, every TV show, you name it. Well, if we if we can get this done quick enough, they'll be advertising all of those big platforms to bet on the Queen's Plate on their platform, and it will be huge for us. And that's what this industry needs. That's what we you know we deserve. That's what we negotiated with the federal government, and uh, we just have to get through it with the province right now. Speaking with Woodbine CEO Jim Lawson on Ponies Twenty Four Seven, the magazine. The Twenty Twenty Six World Cup is going to be here shortly. Before you know it, Toronto and the GTA, one of the host cities for this massive event. There's been talk about a big soccer facility on the Woodbine property. Vaughn's talking about doing things. Where does it stand right now? What would be Woodbine's role in soccer facilities going forward, Jim? Well, we're still very hopeful. We've set aside um, about 19 acres on the northeast corner. If you can picture it close to the, just to the south, uh, south uh, east of the, of the hotel that's going up trackside, we've set aside 19 acres. We've, been negotiating with a with a private party, uh, primarily the Baldessera family, but uh, also the soccer leagues. There is a, a need for soccer facilities and practice facilities for the World Cup. Uh, Woodbine, as you know, is located with all the 400 highways. Uh, we're in the final throes of of uh, putting a Union Pearson and a Go Train shop on the southeast corner. Uh, there couldn't be a better location. Uh, it's zoned. It's ready to go. Uh, but what we do need is, as everyone can appreciate, we do need the mass transit, the public transit there. And we haven't got uh, uh, the provincial zoning that we need to let the stadium go ahead. And it, it's a real shame because soccer in Canada needs more facilities. The World Cup needs more facilities. Uh, we've had extensive discussions with, with soccer leagues and, and uh we think it's the right thing to do. We're prepared to, uh, uh, you know, to to make it work for for soccer and and the community, including Humber College. I mean, it's just it's a win for everyone. And and again, you may hear the frustration in my voice that we haven't moved ahead the zoning for a train station at Woodbine uh, like they did in nine or ten other places before the election. And I'm I'm hoping we get there very soon because uh, we are running out of time for for 2026 for the, the World Cup, and, and we've got an investor ready to go, and, and uh, we've, we've done the architectural drawings. It's very frustrating that uh, we can't step up and, and get the zoning for the train station because no investor is going to build a stadium there without a, without a train station. Larry? Is there any uh, scoops on the entertainment for the Queen's Plate, Jim? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, I don't know if there are any scoops. I, I think I will go work talking about that this afternoon. What I can say is it's, uh, 
it's a little more of the country mode, and uh, we've we've been doing that, and uh, a Canadian act. So there, there, that that'll whet your appetite, Larry. I, I'm not going all the way here because I know if I go into the office this after, I am going into the office shortly here. They they they'd slap me if uh, if I was uh, if I was breaking the news. Well, you know, Jim. Fortunately, there is such a a great long list of great Canadian country music acts to choose from. Whatever it ends up being, we're all going to be winners. As always, Jim. Uh, thank you so much for being generous with your time. We look forward to it. Here's to a great July and August. And uh, I know Larry has a great big Queen's plate calendar in his bedroom, and he's marking the X off to the days, much to his <laughs> wife's chagrin, getting ready for the big race. Listen, I, I, me too. I mean, I, I just think it's, guys, I'm, uh, it's an exciting summer at Woodbine and Mohawk. We, our brand is good. Our stakes program is is top-notch, and we're attracting, I mean, I I, I know we're we're closing off here, but listen, the Saturday's card, we've got four graded stakes race on Saturday. Julie Bell did a tremendous job recruiting horses for uh, the four graded stakes race at Woodbine on Saturday, and, and uh, it's just a sign of things to come this summer. So I'm really excited, and, and thanks for having me on, guys. Always a pleasure, Jim. Take care, my friend. You take care, too, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. Love it. To read the full interview with Jim Lawson in the recently released Ponies 24-7 magazine, email Larry Simpson at theponies247experience at gmail.com. When we come back, Larry Simpson interviewing former Woodbine broadcaster Jason Portwondo. I used to work with that guy on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Follow us on Twitter at 1059theregion. We'll be right back. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. COSA, the Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, proudly serving Ontario horse people. COSA, helping to ensure and support a collaborative and vibrant harness racing industry based on integrity and accountability. For more information, please visit the COSA website at COSAonline.com or call 905-854-2672. Ontario Racing, the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing at 15 racetracks. We are the voice of the Ontario horse racing industry, and we direct breed improvement programs, set annual race dates, and work on attracting new horse owners and race fans. Ontario Racing is committed to supporting a vibrant industry with one vision, working together for a stronger horse racing community. To get your horsepower, go to OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing, three breeds, one vision. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Well, soon to be friend of the show, Jason Portwondo recently left his position as part of the Woodbine Broadcasting Team to move forward in the role as a steward for the local horse racing industry. And our Larry Simpson was able to catch up recently with Jason for the following interview. Uh, Jason, thanks for doing this. Uh, let's start now with yourself. You started in the business, working in the backstretch in 1985, 
and then you worked as an on-air simulcast host for both the Woodbine Thoroughbred and Standardbred races. You're still going to be part of the horse racing industry, but you're just going in a different direction now, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, thanks for the invite, first of all, Larry. Um, glad to be a part of the show. You know what? It, it was just time for something different. As you mentioned, I've worked with horses, all three breeds, actually. And then, you know, I, I'm a gambler. Well, that changes now with the new job. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm also, you know, one that's been uh, a broadcaster, as you know, in terms of, like you said, working the TV. So I feel like I, I come, you know, into this job having been you know part of the game from all different sorts of angles and now it's all going to just come to one nice conclusion in terms of you know being a racing official so i know what betters are looking for i know what the, the horse people are, are looking for the trainers the owners the, the riders the drivers so i kind of feel like this is a perfect way to have an all-encompassing uh, position where i'm going to feel like i'm making more of a difference and it's a completely different look because for the last, you know, 26 odd years, I've been a broadcaster, and um, now it's it's an official, it's a government job. So this is this is exciting and scary at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Now maybe for our uh, listeners, some of them are maybe new to uh, to the uh, to the show and right. to the horse racing industry. Kind of explain exactly what your role is going to be as a racing official. So it's a lot. I mean, how much time do we have? So you know, I'll try to encapsulate it for you. But, but basically, you know, one of the main things would be you go to any racetrack in Ontario and you're going to be officiating. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a job that's, you know, it's, it's not easy. But, you know, it's, it's, you know, anytime you put on stripes, it doesn't matter what the sport is. Chances are people are not going to like you. And, and that's just reality. That's just the way it is. So... I mean, I understand, you know, some people have said to me, why do you want to do a job where everybody's going to hate you? And I said, oh, come on. <laughs> I mean, first of all, you have to realize, you know, I'm doing a job. You have to respect me for that. But, you know, we'll watch the races. We'll see if there's any infractions. And if there are infractions, then we've got to obviously uphold the integrity of the game. So, you know, for the betterment of the people wagering on it, for the trainers, for the riders, the drivers, the owners, we're regulating to make sure that, you know, we're playing on a level field, and if there's an infraction, just like any ref, you know, there's a trip, there's a hook, there's a slash, a hold, cross check, pass interference, whatever. You've got to make that call, and uh, you know, it's integral. It's integral. So we're basically, you know, upholding, like I said, the integrity of the game. Now, there's so much more involved. I mean, as you know, any athlete, he or she has that right to an appeal. And when you go through that process, now there's litigation, now there's going to court, now there's going on the stand, testifying, everything else. So it, there's a lot involved. But the, our main thing is, you know, the rules, regulations of racing and just trying to clean up the game, clean up the sport and make it fair for everybody involved. And I think you hit the nail on the head. Eh? The, the key word is integrity. Like any sport right now, uh, it, it's all about the integrity of that sport it can be football it can be hockey it can be horse right. racing right so integrity is 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 very important it's the key word now isn't it it is 100 percent. you know regardless of the sport every athlete's trying to get that edge right and some will push it to the line and then pass and then once they do and go over that line then obviously there's repercussions and then now you get involved in terms of suspensions and fines and and for me the key thing is and any athlete will probably tell you this as well they don't care about, you know, paying a fine. It's it's being taken off 
the hockey ice, being taken off the cricket pitch, being taken off the soccer pitch, the baseball diamond, whatever it may be. And in our case, uh, you know, off the racetrack, that's where it hurts them, right? Because, you know, you, you're not riding, you're not driving, you're not making money, mm-hmm. right? And um, that's where you hurt them the most. So, you know, any athlete will pay a fine as long as you're able to keep playing, then they're okay with that. So, yeah, so we, we have to do what's best. You know, like I said, for the game itself, for the sport, and you're not always going to be, you know, liked in that decision. And there's going to be times too, where because there's three of us in the stand, we have to have an odd number, obviously, that way we always have uh, a result. Mm-hmm. I mean, if there's four of us up there and two of us say yes, two of us say no, then we're, we're stuck up there for days, right? So, yeah. um, it's the, the 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 tough part is, you know, you can you know vehemently disagree with your other two partners but at the end of the day you've got to go with uh, the unanimous decision and say okay come on go to that and, and support them because at the end of the day we're in this together okay talk about yourself now jason where did the interest in horse racing come from for you well it started at a young age it started at a very young age i was i would want to say maybe geez five or six years old mm-hmm. when uh, i got introduced to the the sport and it was through my uncle that owned horses, as well as my my dad. So it was just, you know, that was my first introduction to, to horses. But then after that, I, I, you know, I was at the racetrack one day, and I ended up becoming friends with Kevin Attard. And he actually said, oh, my dad's a trainer. And I was like, oh, all right. So I said, let me, uh, let me see what this is like. And... Uh, I was already working at Greenwood first with the harness horses, mm-hmm. and then I transitioned to the thoroughbreds. But um, yeah, so I would say my first introduction to horses, maybe five or six, and then into racing when I was about 14 or 15. And uh, yeah, once it gets in your blood, as they say, it never leaves. I know it sounds so um, cliche, but it is so true. I mean, uh, I've had other jobs along the way. Obviously, I've worked at Sportsnet with Jim and, and um, other broadcasting outlets, but I've always kept kind of that um, bloodline, pardon the pun, to racing. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, I mean, it's it's been so good to me. And I mean, through various experiences, I mean, even Woodbine, I mean, I've been there a few times. So I'm so thankful for all the opportunities they've given me. And it's just time for a new, new page, a new chapter. So how did the uh, entrance into communications happen? In terms of broadcasting? You mean, yeah, and, yeah. And... Well, that that's kind of a funny story, actually. I was University of Toronto, and I was taking commerce, which is like accounting. So obviously nothing to do with broadcasting. But while I was there, a friend of mine was in charge of the radio station, and one of their hosts happened to quit. A sports show called Sports Gap, and uh, she said to me, oh, "Well, you want to give it a try?" I said, "Well, I love sports and I love to talk, so yeah, let's let's give it a try." And that was actually my first step into the broadcasting path because you know I came out of high school and like a lot of kids these days, not really sure what to do, but you know you go because the, you know, the system says you have to go, your parents say you have to go, your friends are going, so you go. But a lot of kids, I find, you know, just don't know what to do, and I kind of just followed the system and I, and I lucked up because this path, this door was opened, and uh, I said, yeah, let me, let me try this. And, you know, I ended up changing uh, courses and taking um, a two-year broadcast journalism program at Seneca College. And then after that, my first job was at 680 News, and then my first TV job was in Kingston at the CBC. And then, you know, from there, the dominoes just kind of fell. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and where did it where did it happen that you ended up with Woodbine, or how did it happen? So Woodbine, yes, I was working at uh, CKWS, which was that CBC affiliate in Kingston, Ontario. My first uh, TV job, I was anchoring the six and eleven o'clock sports, and a friend of mine had called and said, "Oh, did you hear what's going on at Woodbine?" And I was like, "Well, no, this would have been in '99." He said, oh, their, their TV department's blowing up. They're going to have three separate networks. They're going to have the in-house, which is their simulcasting uh, feed, which goes to all the racetracks around the world. They're also coming up with a, a station called TRN, the Racing Network, which is going to be a 24-7 racing channel on you know, on uh, conventional cable, like City, Rogers, Bell, Shaw, whatever else have you. And then the third thing they're doing, they're going to have network programming on Sportsnet. They're going to have... Um, it was some weekly shows. So I was like, oh, well, let me apply. So I applied and I got the job. But I think what really helped me, because there were some bigger names that had applied for the job with way more TV experience. But for me, what gave me the edge over them was the fact that I knew racing. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot easier to teach somebody TV or radio than it is racing. It's it's not like your football, baseball, basketball, hockey. It's not one of those you know original four type thing. It's uh, it's unique in itself. It's you know not everybody knows curling, not everybody knows cricket. So with racing, it's kind of under in the, the same type of uh, category. So for me, yeah, the big thing was knowing racing, and I, I got that job, and that's what led to me getting the job at Sportsnet actually, because I was hosting the programming on Sportsnet, and Scott Moore was watching, and he ended up bringing me over. So yeah, racing's been good to me. Mm-hmm. Have you ever thought, Jason, like you were an on-air host uh, for the simulcast for both the, the Woodbine Thoroughbreds and the Standardbreds? Have you ever thought how many races you actually watched over that time? Oh, whatever it is, Larry, I tell you what, you can you can times that by another probably fifty thousand because you know what? Uh, this is why that I think being an official is the perfect job for me because you know i get up first thing in the morning and i put on that racing channel and i'm watching racing from gbi other side of the pond in the atlantic across the atlantic there and you know you're racing in the uk there's a ton of racetracks there and then it just continues on to north america and then at nighttime you got racing from japan and australia so i i wouldn't even fathom a guess as to the millions of races i've watched and i'm not talking just thoroughbreds I'm not talking just harness. We're, we're talking thoroughbreds, harness, quarter horses. So, mm-hmm. yeah, this is a perfect fit. Right, right, right. Now, if you had to pick maybe one or two highlights of your career or highlight races, what would they be? Oh, that's tough. Um, we'll try to make this show Cup. tough, you know. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. There's been so many great moments. But uh, I would say going to the Breeders' Cup would be probably right at the top um, because when I got to Sportsnet in 2002, you know, again, they don't, you know, really follow horse racing that uh, heavily and they don't know any, you know, there isn't anybody there that really knows the sport. So once I got there in 2002, I persuaded them to send me to the Breeders' Cup at Santa Anita in California. That was one of the greatest experiences. So that was totally a blast. And then, of course, you know, you got your usual going to the Stanley Cups and uh, Super Bowls and, and World Series, stuff like that, that are always, you know, pretty cool as well. But in terms of racing, going back to your question, Breeders' Cup, uh, first chance I got to host the Queen's Plate was, was pretty awesome. Um, even being on horseback was cool. I know that's not, not a job many guys do, because, I mean, you look around when they got those big race days, it's usually ladies out there, but, you know, they asked, and I said, yeah, I said, you know, I'm kind of, 
well-versed because I'm a broadcaster. I know how to ride horses, so it's kind of the, the perfect fit. So that would be, you know, some of them. But there are so many there. I mean, the Breeders' Crown and just, yeah, just, just being part of it because, you know, I, I love it. I love it. I mean, what I did with uh, horse racing and broadcasting, kind of perfect exact, I would have done it for free. Mm-hmm. I can tell them that now because they, they paid me all those years. Yeah. Is it not going to be hard for you to leave all this, though? Oh, 100%. It was a, a bittersweet goodbye when uh, I had my final broadcast. Um, it would have been last weekend. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's already been a week, and it's uh, it, it was tough. It was very tough. I mean, everybody being so nice and wishing me the best, and uh, to walk away from the microphone, you know, Man, oh man, after 26 years of doing it, it's, yeah, it, it was very, very tough. And at times, I, I you know, I, I kind of second-guessed, and I was like, am I doing the right thing? And But no, it's the right thing. It's just definitely the right thing. I mean, I'll still have my hand a little bit into broadcasting, because I do a podcast with Donovan Bailey. Mm-hmm. So the fact that we still get a chance to do that, and, um, you know, things are going really well for him right now, just getting the Order of Canada and a bunch of other things that are going on, so that'll help our podcast numbers, which is which is great. Um, little plug there, Donovan Bailey running things is what it's called. But uh, yeah, you're right, it's, it's, it's tough, but you can't do everything. So, I mean, they've asked me, well, can you still maybe host a show here or there? And, and I said, you know what, I don't want to. It's, you know, it's time to move on, and I think that answer would be no anyways, because it's hard for me to to broadcast and talk about races that I'm officiating on, it, it just doesn't make sense. So, no, it's, you know, it's time to close that chapter and, and begin a new one. Okay, Jason, thanks for doing this, and, and good luck uh, with your new endeavor. And uh, I'm sure the industry on the uh, communication side is going to, uh, you know, they're going to wish you well, but uh, they're going to miss yeah. you. They're going to miss you. Oh, the feeling's mutual, and I really appreciate the invite anytime. It's, uh, it's uh, you know, it's uh, exciting, like I said. It's also scary, but uh, again, thanks for having me on, and uh, yeah, we'll talk again soon. Okay. After the break, when we come back, friend of the show, Hanover Raceways General Manager Steve Fitzsimmons will join us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Live in Ontario? Ever dreamt about owning a racehorse? You need to take Ontario Racing's Horse Ownership 101 Virtual Seminars. Join horse racing expert Elisa Blow and learn about standard bred and thoroughbred ownership opportunities in Ontario with options for every price point. These free sessions are available in a one-on-one setting or as a group. For a list of seminar dates and to book your ownership seminar, go to ontarioracing.com horse ownership today. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. Live Harness Racing continues at the Meadowlands Racetrack every Friday and Saturday evening with a post time of 6.20 p.m. The Big Gams Championship meet is highlighted by the Meadowlands Pace on July 16th, and on August 6th, it's the famed $1 million Hamiltonian, headlining an exceptional day of stakes events with a special post time of 12 noon. 
Watch and wager on all of the Big M's exciting harness racing action through your HBI bet account and Dark Horse app and be part of the Meadowlands racing experience. Visit PlayMeadowlands.com for racing details. COSA, the Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, proudly serving Ontario horse people. COSA, helping to ensure and support a collaborative and vibrant harness racing industry based on integrity and accountability. For more information, please visit the COSA website at COSAonline.com or call 905-854-2672. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Friend of the show and friend of all, Hanover Raceway, Steve Fitzsimmons joins us. And the Ontario Harness Track is currently in the heart of their 2022 racing season with numerous major promotional days scheduled for the near future. Steve, as always, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure. Yeah, it's my pleasure, guys. Great to be with you. Well, I mean, for a lot of people listening right now, they're counting down the days. Pretty excited. Bob McClure Day, July 9th. Tell the listeners about it and what's so special about it. Well, we wanted to celebrate uh, a driver who literally was raised in our backstretch. Uh, Bob came here with his father um, as a kid and, of course, uh, started his racing career driving here at Hanover Raceway and on the B-Track circuit and has gone on to, obviously, huge success winning the Hamiltonian in 2019 with Forbidden Trade and being Canada's top driver in 2020 and, ironically, doing all of those things before winning a Hanover Raceway driving title for the first time, which he did last year, driving here sparingly but doing extraordinarily well and being our top tractor so most people uh win the hanover title before winning the hambo but hey you know he's doing his own way <laughs> larry <laughs> and then you go on to uh july the 16th steve with the leg of the ontario women's driving championship correct yeah we do it's uh kicking off right here at hanover raceway and uh um, we have nine drivers competing this year with all of the proceeds to harness the hope and it's expanded to, to five racetracks this year. Uh, we kick it off on July 16th and then Dresden on July 17th, Grand River Raceway in Alora on August 12th, Leamington Raceway on Saturday or Sunday, September 25th. And the raceway at Western Fair District has the final, um, on Friday, October 14th. So it's going to be a great series, uh, for a huge, a great cause and, um, you know, showcasing um, these ladies who are fantastic drivers who deserve more of a showcase than they've had in the past, more opportunities and a little more, um, you know, fairness and, and yeah, quality in our sport. And uh, I think it's doing a great thing there. And we're, we're really happy to be able to contribute to uh, an excellent charity and Harness the Hope who does great work with breast cancer. I'm glad you brought that up, Steve. And just maybe for listeners not aware, what are some of the top women drivers in the province right now that we should keep an eye on? Well, the returning champion is Natasha Day, who uh, won the event last year, and um, she's won a couple of races at Mohawk Park this year. Um, last year, finishing second was Marie-Claude Auger, who probably is the most accomplished in the field in terms of uh, career wins and, and starts, and is a regular on the Rideau-Carlton circuit and races throughout uh, some of the other southwestern Ontario tracks. Um, some other names that you might know, uh, Julie Walker from the famed Walker family, uh, she drives a little bit, but she's actually more of a trainer typically, but she'd like to have some more opportunities. Mariel Emberg um, from Sweden, who uh, resides in Guelph, Ontario, did really, really well last year. She won three, three uh, legs of the, of the series um, and, and finished very strongly. And then some other newcomers, Samara Johnson is well known in the 
Kawartha Downs uh, circuit and uh, drives throughout that area. And she's participating this year. And uh, a newcomer this year as well is Debbie O'Brien Moran, who is well-known uh, trainer uh, who works for the stable.ca and is, uh, you know, uh, well-known uh, works at Mohawk as well. And she uh, drove in the U S about 15 years ago, and she's getting her license to relicense to be part of this series. She believes in it that much and, and wants to be part of this charity aspect of it as well. So, uh, so we're really pleased with the, and there are lots of other drivers, but uh, I guess the one that uh, might stand out too is uh, Maggie Jones, uh, uh, the wife of uh, trainer Keith Jones, uh, who has just started her driving career in the last couple of years, but she actually had breast cancer last year and actually postponed her surgery to be part of our event, which we didn't even know until uh, the Sunday at Dresden when she actually told us about it, that it meant so much to her to be part of this, that she she waited an extra week to have her surgery. Um, so that was a, a very poignant uh, moment uh, when Maggie told us that. And, uh, you know, uh, she's back to participate this year because it means so much to her. Wow. Larry? That's, that's, a, that's a great story. But uh, how, does it, how does it work, uh, Steve? Um, they, obviously, the drivers, they compete, and it's a point system. And then at the end of the, the various dashes, there's what one one winner, and where where does that winner go? Does it go to like a Canadian championship? You know what? I wish there was a Canadian championship mm. at the moment. For for now, um, they basically just win our uh, event as the Ontario champion. Um, mm-hmm. I think down the road, we certainly hope that other provinces will have similar events and and type of circuits that we do. Um, but unfortunately, right now, there's nowhere for them to go outside of here. Um, so we're hoping that that, uh, you know, we start building the infrastructure across the country to, to have something that, that would culminate where there would be a Canadian champion, but right for now, it is just the Ontario championship, but, uh, yeah, hopefully down the road, we see that. Speaking with Steve Fitzsimmons from Hanover Raceway, uh, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, I forgot to mention that people for the Bob McClure day, you could get a commemorative Bob McClure tumbler glass with the date and everything. It's really well done. So I think it's something to check out. And don't forget also Trevor Henry Day, July 23rd, last year's North America Cup winner. <laughs> You've got a big July there, Steve. Yeah, we're calling it the July extravaganza. <laughs> 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 Back-to-back to back stuff. And we haven't even talked about Dream of Glory yet, which is July 30th. But yeah, Trevor Henry Day, um, you know, he's the 10-time Hanover Raceway driving champion. So, I mean, he lived here and he dominated here and uh, built himself into one of the best drivers in the country, as we know. And, of course, won the North America Cup with Desperate Man last year. And actually, Desperate Man's actually going to be here as well. And uh, you'll be able to get your photo with Desperate Man, and he'll be leading the post parade for our Dream of Glory eliminations, which is uh, you know, pretty, pretty thankful to the Chikine family and the Davies family for allowing Desperate Man to be part of the day. Uh, we started planning this event a couple years ago, and we obviously wanted it to be uh, fan interactive, and it just hasn't been really possible in a significant way the last couple of years. So then Trevor went out and won the North America Cup last year with Desperate Man, and it kind of expanded our thinking on what we might be able to do. And so we reached out to the to the connections, and they were more than happy to be part of this. So it's actually made it even bigger, you know, with, with Desperate Man being part of it than we had originally kind of envisioned, which would have been big enough and successful enough. But uh, that adds just a little extra to it, for sure. And uh, Hanover Raceway has a reputation, Steve, for being one of the uh, top, most successful B-tracks in Ontario. Uh, What's the secret sauce, do you think, to this success? You know, I think it's about uh, just uh, a tradition and how we treat people when they're here. It's a beautiful half-mile track in Hanover. 
you know, we're in the heart of uh, the edge of cottage country and we get lots of people that come up to their cottage and, uh, and camp and, and, and stay here for the summer. And, and they love to come here. And of course we have a, a, a strong local following, but uh, you know what, I think it's just uh, something that uh, we've done a great job of treating people uh, really well and, and showcasing our product in a great way in the last, you know, 25, 30 years. And uh, people uh, just want to come and, and be part of the tradition and of course, uh, you know, we're known for lawn chair lane that, you know, when you see uh, the video of our races, you quite often see all the lawn chairs on our tarmac in front of the grandstand. So, um, you know, there's a strong tradition of lawn chair lane for sure. You know, Steve, we're laughing about it because I think it's so perfectly Canadian. It's representative of small town Ontario. And, and, and Hanover is a perfect example, Steve, of what these tracks mean to these communities. Absolutely. We're the heartland of, of uh, you know, starting people, um, both drivers and horses, on their journey, maybe to be, you know, a Mohawk driver or a Mohawk horse eventually, but they have to start somewhere. And, you know, we're, we're certainly, you know, in the bottom tier in terms of purses, but we put on a great show. Um, it's a great place for people to, to start their careers. And, and also, you know, when horses, um, you know, can't race at Mohawk anymore, um, you know, they have, they're on their way back down in their career and we quite often get them at that level as well. So they can start here and they sometimes end here as well. And, you know, you need places for like that as well, but, you know, we do a great job with charity things with, you know, supporting organizations in our community and in our region. And, you know, that's as equally important to, uh, to do those things, to, to be part of your community. Larry, you have a pretty, you have a pretty robust uh, schedule of promotions and that has it always been that way, Steve, or is this just within the last few years? Well, I think this year probably excessively so because we have uh, pent up uh, ideas that we've wanted to do for two years. That we, <laughs> that we so to be fair, you know, we probably would have done a little less and spaced these out over a couple of years, but we were just uh, itching to do these things with, with the Trevor day and the Bob day and the women's driving championship. Of course, we started that last year. And of course, dream of glory is a, an, a tradition every year. And that's on Saturday, July 30th. We have the fireworks after we have a post time of six fifteen, which of course our traditional post time these days is one thirty. So we've moved it to the evening and to have that fireworks in our best, best races, you know, it generates 3000 people coming to the track that day, our, our biggest day by far. And, um, it's, if you haven't been here for that, it's an, it's a spectacular night. The fireworks are tremendous, but the racing is awesome as well. And, uh, you know, that is a, a night that if, it's, it's just, uh, if you have never been here for that, it's, it's a, it's an iconic night for sure. Well, Steve, it's people like you that make horse racing the sport that it is in this province. Thank for everything you do. And thank you as always for joining us. Hey, I appreciate the opportunity. No problem. After the break, Larry Simpson looks at some racing action today around North America, including Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, and of course, some racing at several other North American tracks. So make sure that your HPI accounts and Dark Horse app are ready to work overtime today. Of course, stick with us for Larry's much-anticipated Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. We'll be right back. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. 
Discover a new breed of excitement with Live Horse Racing. Ontario Racing represents 15 racetracks where you can experience the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing. To find the racetrack nearest you, go to ontarioracing.com. New to betting? Check out our Betting 101 page and learn about the HPI Bet Wagering platform and the Dark Horse app. The best and safest online betting options. Get your horsepower at OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing. Three breeds, one vision. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA promotes the exchange of ideas to further advance, market and preserve live racing in Ontario while offering new thoroughbred ownership opportunities. Membership to the HBPA is free for owners and trainers. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Before we wrap up our show, of course, what would Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, be without a couple of possible betting opportunities and potential betting gems? Larry gives us his Ponies Picks today, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. We know the Azure Stanley Cup champions, Kale McCarr, won the Consmite, but they got nothing on my man Larry Simpson and his Ponies Picks. Larry, take it away. Slap shot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, Woodbine has an 11 race card today, including the Celine, the Marine, the Nassau, and the Highlander stakes, and they're all graded races. So, uh, uh, if you can get out and, and see them, I, I, I would say you should do that. It'd be a good uh, Saturday venture for you. But uh, race three is a maiden special weight for three-year-old fillies. Seven furlongs on the tapita uh, for a purse of $123,200. The number eight horse, Any, Qu- Any Quist, is a well-bred Nyquist filly and is making her first start since September 4th of last year. And in that race last year, Anyquist finished fourth, but was only a neck and a nose out of second in that race. So uh, it was a race that saw Anyquist race very greenly in the stretch. And probably if she had maybe run a straight line, she probably would have run the race. So uh, it really was a $160,000 purchase as a two-year-old. And I think the time off that she's had should help the the maturity process with this girl. So uh, uh, I think she should be right there today. Woodbine race three, number eight, any quest. Nice pick. Next. Well, the California thoroughbred action has shifted to uh, Los Alamitos as we uh, wait for the opening of uh, Del Mar's summer meet, uh, which will open in a couple of weeks. But uh, today, race eight at Los Alamitos is a one mile on the dirt, as there is no turf course at uh, Los Alamitos. 
and it's an optional uh, 20,000 claimer, a purse of $51,000. Number two, Houndstooth, was a horse that I put on my watch list after her race on May the 20th at Santa Anita. A race that saw Houndstooth break from the gate slowly, was in traffic throughout the entire stretch run, but still finished a close fifth. And this was on the grass. Uh, on June 17th, uh, Houndstooth finished third at Santa Anita and again was bothered during the stretch run, but continued on gamely for third. And that was on the dirt. Uh, I think this horse is better on the dirt, and there's no choice that she's got to run on the dirt today. So that's where we find Houndstooth. And I like the move also to journeyman jockey Tyler Bays today. Tyler Bays, I should say, today. The Los Alamitos race eight, number two, Houndstooth. Ladies and gentlemen, this is why you listen. Larry, take it away. What's next? Okay, my last one for uh, the show is Woodbine Mohawk Park has a 10 race card tonight. And race six is a one-mile pace for a purse of $26,000. Number one, Powertrain, makes his second start off a month layoff and should be a little tighter tonight. As last year, this horse as a three-year-old won five of 11 races and banked over $200,000 with a race mark of 148.2 taken at Woodbine Mohawk Park. Last week, Powertrain sat a two-hole trip behind the uh, well-bet favorite Century Heineken and the eventual race winner, and really didn't have a lot of room in the stretch to do any damage. Uh, Powertrain finished fourth, beaten two lengths, and was race-timed in 150-1. and one. And the fact that he is back on a regular race cycle should really help this guy tonight, I think. So, uh, oh, and did I mention that some guy by the name of James McDonald takes over oh. the race tonight of Powertrain? Oh. So look out, right? Look out. So uh, Woodbine Mohawk Park, race six, number one, Powertrain. Awesome. As always, a special hello to Mark from the fans of horse racing. Larry, hard to believe we're about 50 days away from the Queen's Plate, and there's a lot of anticipation building, especially as the horses and the trainers and everyone gets ready. So in the next coming weeks, we'll hear a lot more about it, Larry, and hear more interest about, uh, interest about uh, as Jim sort of alluded to, who might be the musical act for the Queen's Plate, but also some of the horses involved. Larry, you're a good man. We'll talk to you next week. As always, everyone, thank you for joining us for this edition of Ponies 24-7. The radio magazine is a reminder, if you'd like to receive a free digital copy of the current issue, which includes an interview with Jim Lawson of Ponies 24-7 magazine. It was just released this week. Email Larry Simpson at the Ponies 247 experience at gmail.com. Don't forget about the Ponies 24-7 Lymphoma Canada campaign. Don't horse around with lymphoma. For more info on this, go to the landing page, lymphoma.ca slash ponies. As even though the silent auction's over, you can still donate to the cause. Stick around 105.9 The Region all weekend long. The legend and warmers up next with the Feed York Region's only magazine show. I'll be here Monday morning. Happy birthday, Canada. Enjoy the races. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine with Jim Lang and Larry Simpson has been brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Tune in next Saturday morning at 8 for more on the world of horse racing. This is 105.9 The Region.